Welcome to Weight Loss for Busy CRNA Moms. If you are a CRNA, a busy mom, or a busy CRNA mom, or a woman looking to permanently lose weight, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Brittany Kolb from Weight Loss by Brittany. I'm a busy CRNA mom and certified life and weight loss coach. And like you, I not so long ago struggled to lose the weight and keep it off. But once I shifted my mindset and learned how I could use my brain to reach my weight loss goals, everything changed. I was able to lose 40 pounds and knew I had to share the secret with others. I'm here to help you achieve your permanent weight loss goals by uncovering what might be holding you back. Let's get started. All right, so today we are going to talk about how to get control back over food. And this podcast was actually inspired by some feedback I got from a client and she wrote, I don't have cravings for flour or sugar anymore. Working with Brittany has been freeing. The food chatter that once dominated my thoughts every day is gone, and the freedom I have around food is amazing. Um, okay, so getting control back over food, or just control in general if you've never had it, is probably what's more profound, like one of the most profound things that I've gained from from weight loss coaching. Um, I remember food just having so much control over me. And so I started to learn to get control back over food, listening to Katrina Ubell's podcast, um, Weight Loss for Busy Physicians. I, as you guys know, like I started listening to her. I started applying coaching tools to my life. And one of the things that she helped me to connect was that I wasn't actually hungry when I thought I was hungry in certain situations. And she rem- I remember she mentioned having this sensation in her body that would really like resemble hunger. And it wasn't actually hunger. It was this other sensation that was related to an emotion that she was having. And when I heard that, I was like, I could totally relate. I was like, oh my gosh, like all those feelings that I had that I thought were hunger were actually related to an emotion. So I kind of thought back to like where this started and I was like, okay, oh my gosh, I have been thinking that this sensation is hunger my entire fucking life. So I was a swimmer growing up and I was, I, rem- I mean, I was at my peak at like probably 10 maybe. Um, and I remember getting, getting these feelings that I would get in my stomach and it's just the same way as Katrina describes it. It's so interesting that she could describes it this way. Cause I, I, I feel it so much like she does. Um, it's like hollow in my chest and it's, it feels like hunger, right? So I'd be about to swim. And I'd be so nervous for my event. I'd be so anxious. But I would also, I will have just eaten like relatively recently, you know, not too recently to like give myself a stomach cramp, but like recently enough that like I shouldn't really be hungry. But I would convince myself that I would be hungry and I would immediately go and have like a piece of candy or like a quarter of a bagel or something, some sort of like quick carb to relieve what I thought was hunger, right? And I was also like, mind fucked myself like oh yeah like if I don't eat this like I'm definitely not going to perform very well like I'm not going to have the energy that I need in order to swim fast and to do well in this race 
what I didn't connect until I was in my mid-30s was that um, that feeling was actually stress or anxiety related. That was the feeling of anxiety in my body. That is how it manifested in my body. It wasn't hunger. And I have spent the rest of my life convincing myself that that was actually hunger. And I, I mean, I will give you another example. I remember when I was in anesthesia school and it would be right before an exam or like an oral exam or something. And the same sensation would hit. And I would also couple it with being like shaky and jittery too. So I would convince myself that I was having like low blood sugar and that I needed to eat something right before I had my exam to help me focus and perform well. But again, I wasn't hungry. I was anxious. Okay. And in both situations, because I gave into that emotional hunger or like that urge, because I gave into that urge and that desire to eat, um, I basically reinforced the idea in my brain that that is how we solve for stress and anxiety. That is how I solve for that sensation. And it temporarily relieves that discomfort and it makes it go away, right? That fullness kind of makes it go away. So it's super duper interesting. Now, you know, I fast forward to my life as a CRNA and most recently I can remember the sensation because I would be driving home after like a long shift or after just even a general shift, just like a normal eight hour shift, exhausted after a day of anesthesia and anxious about coming home to my toddler and really worrying about having enough energy for him to show up as the mom that I wanted to, knowing that this afternoon time was the only time I was going to get with him and the only time that he was going to get with me for the day and for multiple days, because, you know, we don't see our kids in the morning. We're in the OR. We're like on the way to work before our kids even get out of bed a lot of times. So like I've put a lot of emphasis and a lot of stress on myself to make those hours after anesthesia like the best hours that I could be. And I was so anxious about that. And I had that pit in my chest, felt so hollow. It resembled hunger. But I was anxious about coming home and being able to show up about like as the mom that I wanted to be. And I would pack built bars or always a snack in my lunchbox to make sure that I had the energy, quote unquote energy, even though I wasn't really hungry because it was just anxiety, it was not real hunger, to be able to like maximize our time together. Um, you know, reflecting on that is like, really interesting like especially on like those three examples because it's like no wonder I was getting the results that I was getting and why it seems so hard because I was eating when I really wasn't hungry I was eating to relieve anxiety and stress not to alleviate hunger and I can I've created a thought loop in my brain that like we use food to solve for stress and anxiety I was so grateful that she helped me to connect that sensation to the actual feeling and helped me realize that that feeling was actually an emotion and not hunger. And at the same time, you know, I'm going to be honest, when I lost the weight and I realized that like using my brain was the ticket and 
and that it could be easy and sustainable and maintainable, I was like, I have got to help other women do the same thing. And I was like, you know, at the time I was like, I wish I could sign up for Katrina's program. Like, oh my gosh, I would do this in a heartbeat. You know, like I would love this experience to be able to do weight loss coaching with her. But of course she does not, she, you know, I do not meet criteria for her program because I'm not a doctor. So I was like, I've got to help other women do this. Like if I can lose the weight, I've struggled with my weight my whole life. And now I maintain this weight and it is so easy and it is effortless and it is sustainable. And I'm like, I have got to help other women do the same thing. And so, and I knew, I also knew like I still had more work to do and I knew that I had more that I could um, learn and I knew that I needed to do more work on myself and enrolling in the life coach school like absolutely helped me do that. Like I enrolled in their coach certification program and I kind of got to dive into even more of these things. But you know, the journey, I mean, I'm telling you, people are like, I'm still on my journey. I'm like, I'm still on my journey too. Like I'm still learning things about myself and the way that I approach food that I haven't even figured out yet. I was like, oh my God, I just figured this out. Like my vacation thing. I was like, I can't even, like, I can't even believe I didn't connect this before. Like it is amazing like the relationship and the connections that we make with food it in our belief systems around food it is just it is just incredible and how ingrained in us they are and how um it's just amazing so anyway so i was like i want to be katrina for like but me obviously but to help like CRNAs and to help advanced practice nurses and other women in healthcare and moms like figure out their weight once and for all so they can have the freedom to live their lives and never having to worry about their weight being a problem again. And what's so compelling about this again is like I always thought weight loss was so hard and that it would have to be hard. And I was like, oh my gosh, it does not have to be hard. It can be easy and anybody can do it. I swear to God, anybody can do it. So Okay. Anyway, so that was just a little bit about my struggle and how this all started for me and how really um, the initial like way that I started learning to get control back around food was really like connecting that certain sensations in my body were not actually hunger. They were actually emotions and then learning how to like feel those emotions. Okay. And feel that sensation and know that it will actually go away. So this is the, let's get started as to like how I can actually help you with this. So like this is the very basic framework that I share with my clients about managing sensations in their body that seem like hunger and they seem powerful and relentless and often happen when like you see some sort of off-plan food or you see food and you really want to eat it and you're not hungry. When I'm with clients and I go like when I work with them one-on-one, I go really deep into all of this as to like where did this come from and how did this start and like um and like how is this modeled to you and how is this taught to you and how have you brought this with you and like we just go into it and like we also we I mean it's like there are so many factors that go into this because it's like 
learning how to feel these feelings, but then also learning how to um, look at your circumstances and reframe your mind and reframe your thoughts um, around the circumstances that are going on in your life so that you also are not having as many feel <laughs> it's so hard to explain but like but like coaching yourself and learning how to coach yourself around the circumstances in your life and realizing that like a lot of the thoughts that you're having are contributing to the feelings you're having and those thoughts are all optional so okay back to food back to allowing urges back to feeling emotional hunger back to all these things okay so when like an urge or like um emotional hunger like she calls it um but I call it an urge I think it's just a little bit easier um when an urge comes on for something right it comes on fast and it really may mimic hunger like I've mentioned um so I want you to look at the situation and like think about that sensation and like where do you feel it in your body is it hunger or is it something else and like what else is going on for you in that moment and like what is that sensation that you're that you're that you have like that is actually a feeling okay so you start this process of course by like number one from the beginning you plan your food you plan your food 24 hours in advance and you know like you know you know where we work like we work in healthcare like we there is there is an abundance of food all the time people are bringing in cupcakes for someone there's always someone's birthday someone's always like leaving or retiring or like there's candy in the candy drawer like there's candy in the scheduler's office like there is candy everywhere there are treats everywhere reps bringing in stuff all the time okay so then you know when you walk into the break room to like refill your water that there are going to be donuts that some rep out it. And they're not just going to be like crappy donuts. They're going to be like amazing, warm, your favorite donuts. And you are going to have the desire to eat them. And like, that's okay. We're working on reducing that desire. It's totally normal. There's nothing that's gone wrong here. It's just like, if, if historically you've given in and eaten that donut, or if you were like me and you've eaten like three of those donuts, um, you you will have the desire to eat them. You're going to want to eat them. You're going to have that feeling to eat them. And in this case, it could just be like a sudden urge for it, okay? Let that desire for that food be there, okay? Know that it's just a feeling. It will actually go away and do not, you know, react to it. Just like feel it. And I think for a lot of us, we never spent enough time actually like just letting ourselves sit in the desire for food it's just like we like had the desire for food and we we're like oh, okay well I have that desire I just have to eat it or I'd have to use like willpower or resistance or avoidance or something and it's like no you can just sit and like and just let it let it be there and know that it will actually just go away and like that's how we break that pathway that's how we like rewire your brain like using resistance and willpower and like talking to yourself negatively like that doesn't work like that only works for so long I know that because I did it for like 20 years but um you really just have to like let that desire be there if you react of course you like increase desire if you like give in to that urge you increase the desire and so while you're sitting there and you're like dealing with this desire also like reconnect with the commitment that you have to yourself like like why are you doing this in the first place why are you 
coaching with me in the first place? Why are you listening to this podcast in the first place? Like, why do you want to lose weight? Like, why is it important to you? You know, and is that more compelling than that donut in the moment? You know, just think about that. And in coaching one-on-one, like we talk about that all the time. We talk, um, you know, we get into that as well. Like why you really, really want to lose weight, okay? So here's another like very common scenario. And I think it's worth just like plugging this into a model. And this is like a really common model. So the model, and I've I've talked about it before. I don't know that I've like done an official like podcast on it. But if you've listened to Katrina, you know that this is the model. And this is a life coach school model. And this is what we were all taught in the life coach school and um, what we um, also teach our clients. It's It's the coaching model. And it's based on like cognitive behavioral therapy. This is not therapy, but that's what like it's kind of grounded in is some of that and limbic system retraining. So this is how you make it permanent. This is how you like change your brain because we have to change your thoughts around food. So let's say the circumstance here is like I completed five anesthetics before noon. Okay. Now, if you, like a lot of you want to say like I had a stressful morning (laughs) and adding the word stress to the circumstance um, is a thought. That changes it immediately into a thought, right? Because other people, someone else like could could look at that morning and be like, oh, that was the best morning ever. Like if you worked in a trauma center and you had a morning like me doing like five vasectomies, like you'd be like, oh, that was a piece of cake. Like, you know, and if you were just did like an, an MVC at a trauma level one center, I mean, you know, you might have a different thought about how you approached your morning. So anyway, I completed five anesthetics before noon and the rep brought donuts. That could be a circumstance. That could be a very factual circumstance. Anybody in the surgery center could like look at the schedule and see that you did that and like go in the break room and see that there's donuts, okay? And you might have the thought in the T-line, I feel stressed and the donuts are going to make me feel better, okay? And then you are going to be like tempted, have that feeling to eat donuts, so then you eat the donuts and in the A-line and you're eating unplanned food. You're not listening to your body. In this case, you may have the desire to eat donuts and you might not even be hungry, right? You might just have that like urge or you might, that stress might manifest in you as hunger, but you might not actually be hungry at all. You just might be feeling stressed and you just want to numb it out, okay? There's so many concepts I've included in this podcast. It's probably way too much, but here you go. Okay, anyway, um, you are not... Um, really connecting with how you feel in this situation. You're not really feeling your emotions. You're not giving yourself any grace and compassion to feel stress. And you're also not really like allowing the fact that sometimes the thoughts that we have about our jobs can make us feel stressed. Okay. And as a result, you are temporarily numbing out the stress, you are proving the thought to be true that I feel stressed and donuts are going to make me feel better. And I should also add to the A-line that like sometimes you eat a donut or you eat two donuts or three donuts and you feel physically uncomfortable. And now if I eat a donut, I feel like garbage, like physically uncomfortable. I just don't do that anymore. Um, So now your result might also be that you feel physically worse. And you've increased your desire and you have not um, not be able to break that uh, 
that thought loop in your brain that is like so well ingrained, again, that we use um, food to solve for our emotional life, right? So while you're sitting there and you're like feeling this sensation that you would usually give in to um, in this circumstance, I just want you to get like curious and like, why am I feeling this intense urge for food? And like, why does my brain think it's so important for me to stop feeling stressed and eat this food? And this is super interesting, especially if you've always used food to solve for your emotional life. Like, is it because of that? Is it because your hormones are still out of whack and you're still having like a lot of cravings and withdrawal symptoms for sweets? Um, Is it because you enjoy something that's really, really sweet and all of your sudden your brain remembers how much you like sweets and how much you want to eat more of that? Like, there are so many reasons. Like, I'm literally telling you, like, your brain will offer you a hundred thousand million reasons to eat food when you're not hungry and to overeat when you are satisfied. It is amazing. Like, I am still discovering new reasons why, like, my brain offers me these things. So then I just want you to be compassionate with yourself. I want you to be like, okay, it's totally okay for my brain to offer this. Like, you are not your brain. I think, like, Brooke Castillo said that or something, or one of the coaches I I worked with when I was in her program. Like, nothing is wrong. It's totally normal for you to think this thought. You've been doing this for, like, 20 years, Okay, it's going to take a while to change this thought and it's okay. It's okay that your brain wants you to use food to solve for your emotional life. Like this is what you've always done. If you've done it for years, it's going to take a minute. Okay, there's nothing wrong with you. And then finally, just like let's approach ourselves with love. Like how can we gain loving authority over the voice that is telling us like you need to eat this right now, you know? Like as if we would talk to like our toddler having a tantrum. Like, and I would say this, like, I love you, Brittany. We're learning to feel our emotions instead of eating them. I know you really think you want that donut because it's going to make you feel better in the moment, but you know it'll make you feel better later. And you won't get any closer to your goals. And listen, if you really want that donut, you can package it up and save it for tomorrow. And I've mentioned this before, like I've done this, by the way, like there's a nurse I used to work with who made the most amazing cookies and another nurse I work with that makes this incredible banana, banana pudding. Oh man, it's so good. And, um, I never know when they're coming. It just like comes like magic. It's like, it's like amazing when they just show up. It's like, oh, I get to have this. So I will like, I don't deny myself the thing. I'm just like, well, I don't, I didn't plan this. I'm not going to eat it. Um, and I will clean out my Tupperware. I'll put some of that banana pudding in my Tupperware and I'll put it in the fridge and I'll plan for it tomorrow. I'll take a cookie and I'll package it up and I'll like eat it tomorrow. It's like not a big deal to me. And that is one of the ways that I have really helped to maintain that control around food that I desire so badly and that I have worked so hard to create for myself. Like I don't eat unplanned food. Sometimes I'm still working on like overeating food in the moment based on my, um, my, like what's going on for me. And that's something that, um, coaching really helped me figure out too. So, so by doing this, we are ultimately trading like instant gratification for our greater well-being. We are learning to live in delayed gratification for what we want for our, our future selves 
And I will say this, and I did get this from one of my mentors. If the urge is basically unbearable as a bridge, if it is like awful and you cannot stand it and you are like, I, I can't do anything about this urge, like I have got to do something, I will offer you as you start to learn this process um, to like feel the urge, I give you permission to go get like a warm cup of tea or a drink of ice water, like something to lessen the blow while you're learning this skill with the goal of eventually taking that piece away. I think when you like sub out one thing for another, I think it can be like a slippery slope. Um, so, you know, I, I give my clients permission to to do that instead. But ultimately, I want you to really just, if you can, just feel it. Just feel it. It will go away. I'm telling you, it will go away. And then the more you do that and the more you practice that, the easier it gets. And the easier it gets, that's how I went from like walking into the break room, sampling all the desserts that were available, going into the candy drawer, having like seven pieces of candy and not being able to stop myself, to like walking into the break room and not giving two fucks about any of the food in there and having the candy drawer be fully stocked at all times and me not caring at all. Even if it's stocked with like my most favorite candy, which are like Mary Jane's or anything filled with peanut butter or caramel. Like, it's not a big deal anymore. Like, I can, food used to call to me from, like, the countertops. I used, like, the candy and the ice cream in my house used to call to me. And now it's like, nah, whatever. It's not a big deal. I can have that whenever I want to. Okay. So I really hope that was helpful for you guys. Like, I know it's, like, a lot of content. It's, like, so much to try and, like, slam into one podcast. It's, like, a lot of different concepts all at once. And it's kind of, like, just a snippet of a lot of different aspects of coaching um, that I work with people on. And, like, yeah. So anyway, I hope it was helpful. Let me know if you have questions. I'm happy to help you. I'm here for you guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of Weight Loss for Busy CRNA Moms. Make sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on our upcoming episodes. And if you like what I shared today, you should also check out weightlossbybrittany.com for even more great weight loss tips, some of my favorite recipes and mindset tools that I use to lose 40 pounds. Once there, you can also book a free consultation with me, Brittany Kolb, your certified life and weight loss coach. <laughs>